Welcome to this week's Henchman of Comics. I'm Alex Eschback. I'm Matt Golden. And this week we're talking about the DC animated film Batman Gotham by Gaslight. It seems like all we do is talk about Batman, regardless of where he is. Yeah, it's not our best planning. No, uh, we are very, yeah. very bad at this, but it just happened to come out right after we did a Batman episode two weeks ago. Fuck it. Who cares? Let's do this. So this is the first DC animated film that you've watched, correct? I believe that is correct. Okay. Maybe I've watched one. I've got like three for Christmas and I haven't watched a <laughs> single goddamn one of them. Sorry, little brother. I did not watch your presence. So what were your initial thoughts? Um, I have read the book by Mike Mignola. Have you read that before? Yeah, by Brian Augustin with art by Mike Mignola. Yeah, that's what I meant. The sure. sequel with Brian Augustin, but art by Eduardo Risso, I believe. I didn't know there was a sequel. Masters, Masters of the Future is a sequel. Oh, that's fucking interesting. Does that follow closely with the this movie? The movie takes elements from both the stories. Okay. Having only read the first one and not knowing that the second one existed, I did not think it was anything like <laughs> what I had read before. It's basically you put Batman and Gotham in the 1800s and add Jack the Ripper and then there you fucking go. Um, <clears throat> that's the book Gotham by Gaslight. But the movie Gotham by Gaslight is do that plus add classic Batman characters and then put it on a fucking wild goose chase. It was cool as shit. I was not expecting it to be as cool. Yeah, this was actually one of the comic book uh, film adaptations that I thought was actually a lot better than the comic. Yeah, the Victorian costumes were great, and I feel like they kind of got snubbed at this uh, this Oscar for this uh, animated film here. I'm picketing right now. Yeah, uh, it starts off with a bang, and I didn't. I mean, I've like I, like Alex said, I haven't watched an animated DC movie, and there. Let me tell you, it starts off in a strip club, but even with that fact, and hookers getting murdered because obviously it's Jack the Ripper, I still think there are far fewer hookers in this movie than I expected. I did like the elements, though, of bringing in, like you mentioned, the other DC characters, which weren't in the book. Like, it was nice to have Poison Ivy in there. I thought the addition of Catwoman and their love story yeah. was nice, especially if you're reading the current Tom King run. Yeah, It perfect. kind of ties back, yeah, to what's going on in the comics right now. So so they they weren't in the second one then either? No. Uh, okay. And my favorite addition, actually, was the three orphan boys who were the three Robins, not Damien. And I liked how they made Jason also... the when that's a bit of a dick between the three of them too. Like, and it wasn't like overtly done or obvious because they never point out they were Robins or anything. And they don't work directly for Batman, but they look like younger versions of their comic counterparts out of costume. And they all, they all mentioned each other by their first name. Yeah, that was cool. But I thought it was kind of unrealistic because they never broke down into any newsies numbers. So I really could have used more, uh, newsies song and dance routines. Yeah. We need a much larger Dickensian, more struggling, even though they were basically slaves of someone running them as a tiny little street gang. Oh, yeah, the they beginning. were the coolest little street gang. I just wanted to watch them murder somebody, though. Like, I thought that would have been way cooler. Well, in the original comic, it's <laughs> it's a lot of just... It's very dialogue-heavy, and it's mostly just Bruce coming back from Europe, yeah. talking about a time over in Europe and training, and it takes him forever to even put on, like, the Batman costume. It's a very... 
it's just an origin story, which we know time and time and time again. I'm glad that we skipped over that mostly for this movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a little ham-fisted, the book. It's still really interesting. Like, the the whole idea of it, the concept, is, is really fucking cool. But the execution of the book was... Yeah, I think the book is most famous for the... Like you said, like the story... Like, the story itself, not so much the execution, and the fact that the art's done by Mike Mignola. Yeah, the Mignola um, art, legendary Hellboy creator, is insane. That guy can can really draw like a motherfucker. And Gotham by Gaslight was also the first DC Elseworld Elseworld story. Uh, so books like Injustice and Kingdom Come, uh, it all started with Gotham by Gaslight. I think that's very interesting. So I'm assuming you're on the same page as I am and you like the movie more than the books. Yes, I will probably honestly never read the books again, but maybe some years down the line, I'd have no problem watching this movie ever again. Yeah, I I went into this expecting to think it was just sort of okay. Like, oh, I'll give it a half a thumbs up or whatever. But I actually really dug it and I watched it kind of in, I broke it up in, in halves and watched it so I could kind of digest it a little bit more. And it, it worked perfectly. It was really, really cool. Yeah, this is, uh, I thought Bruce Greenwood, he voiced Batman. I thought he did a really good job. He also voiced Batman in the Young Justice series. Uh, this was really his first run, at least as I can recall, him having to voice Bruce. I thought that's where he struggled a little bit because in Young Justice, you don't see Bat, you don't see Batman as Bruce. He's always Batman. So that was kind of a new role for him to take. I thought overall he was pretty good. There's certainly been worse voice actors in the DC animated movie for Batman. Yeah. It was okay. I wasn't blown away. I did like the fact that there was a a major red herring. I mean, if you know the story of Jack the Ripper, if you've ever read From Hell, one of the greatest comic books of all time by Alan Moore, just if you haven't read it, go read it. It's 800 pages of amazing, but obviously it's a doctor that is Jack the Ripper, and it's just the classic tale. And then this kind of flips it on, on its head, and spoiler alert, the doctor that you think is most definitely going to be Jack the Ripper at the start, uh, ends up dying pretty fucking quick. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because the killer in the movie is different than the killer in the comic. Yeah. And that character in the comic is not present in the movie at all. So I kept wondering. I'm like, okay, so... Are they going to introduce yeah, him? Who's going to be the killer? Part of me wanted it to be the three Robins to stack on top of one another, like, <laughs> like Vincent Adult Man. That would be great. Going off to the business factory. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, were you surprised by how quick I came up with that? <laughs> yeah super breath yeah uh the only thing that i kind of wished was i wish and i mean obviously the batman animated art has a very distinct style and this followed right down the line with it but i thought it would have been really cool if they were to would have been able to add some mignola-esque things to it even if it wasn't the characters or whatever but yeah i agree really that that's something i hope for was more for the animation style to look more like its art style and they it's that's been done before like there's dc not dc there's hellboy animated movies that yeah completely uh apis style 100 percent. and so i was kind of hoping for more of that especially since that's really what makes or it's part of the reason what makes gotham by gaslight so famous it makes it tolerable, I guess, <laughs> at this point now after after watching this. Uh, I mean, even like an introductory sequence in that art style would have been cool as shit. But yeah. We didn't get that because, I mean, you've seen the the cover for it. So, you know, obviously, it's not going to be in the Magnolia style, regardless of whether or not you watched a trailer for it or anything. Like when you see the movie, you're like, oh, on here is the signature Batman style. Here we go. So you obviously like the discrepancies. I did, too. 
I guess we'll get a little bit more into the story now. The characters that they use from the Batman series that they use in Gotham by Gaslight. Poison Ivy, who dies immediately, which is fucking cool. You have Catwoman, who ends up being Bruce's accomplice and helps him investigate. And then you have James Gordon, who, big time spoiler alert, ends up being Jack the Ripper. Yep. Which is a twist that I did not see coming. Yeah, it was a wonderful twist. It was really well done. Yep. I was actually... Yeah. Uh, Especially because, too, one of the characters is Harvey Dent. And mm-hmm. there's, like, the reference that he gets... He's yep. different when he drinks. That's another nice red herring as well. Yeah. Uh, you have Detective Bullock in there, too. Uh, who I forgot was, about Harvey Dent. Yeah. yeah. Who was always overzealous about pursuing the Batman. Almost to where... I mean, you could see, like, those homicidal ten- tendencies there. And you even had Lizzie Tompkins. And she was never presented as being the uh, Ripper. But it was a nice touch, too bringing in original Batman characters to the story, too. Yeah, I really, really dug how they oh, did that. And the doctor that got murdered that I mentioned is Dr. Hugo Strange, too, which is, again, another red herring. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here I'm just glossing over. Here there's these three, <laughs> and that's it. No, those are just, like, the three bam, bam, bam that come to the top of my and head. They all feel natural into the story. Like, they don't feel yep. for- ham-fisted or anything like that. No, I like that we use the term ham-fisted so much on this show. Hashtag ham-fisted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think I said it last week or the week before, too. I, I just love that phrase so much. It's fucking beautiful. We're just waiting for our sponsorship from the pork company. <laughs> yeah, all I want is that sweet, sweet honey ham. <laughs> God, I wish I could think of a honey ham brand right now, because that is going to be our sponsor. That's who we want, really. I just want, I, I was trying to think of like what the pork corporation is called, but there's nothing like that. I'm just make like, I sound like a young adult or a middle grade fiction villain, like the pork corporations after us. Oh yeah. Big pork. Yeah. Big pork. <laughs> big pig. We will proudly take a sponsor from big pork. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll take it, please. Give me all the bacon, bitch. Um, so I love the fact that poison ivy dies immediately. <laughs> I love mentioned. the fact that she is also a, Stripper slash is she, is she she's a whore right? Also? Yeah, I mean it, it's it's implied. It's never yeah. it's never fully stated, but it's, I, oh, it's definitely implied because she invites him back to her place, and then she goes, or you can just take me here on the street. Yeah, also, but I kind of view that too as like her using her, her like one survival technique too. Like she was a, a strange man was following her in the alley. She didn't want to risk. Uh, bodily harm and she thought that might be her one defense mechanism because this version of poison ivy does not have her powers or abilities or anything yeah Yeah. i was i was a little thrown off by a touch i did kind of i like to how women weren't treated as equal citizens like it it wasn't like lost over that in 1890 that women were treated poorly and you get a lot of that with selena kyle but you see with leslie Tompkins. You see the way they talk about the women in the movie, too. Now, Batman obviously was a champion for women in this film because, of course, he is. Like, duh. Yeah. Was there some small part of you that was just kind of like, man, I really hope he's, like, really anti-woman here just because (laughs) it would be so psycho? I know. I've always, like, even though Batman has had several, like, love interests throughout, like, his comics history, I've always felt like the character itself, he's a bit asexual. Right now, he's oh, not yeah. certainly in Tom King's run, but to me, like he's always been like a one-track mind to where the only thing he stops about is or thinks about is fighting crime. He's got a hard on for vengeance. <laughs> That's what gets him. <laughs> that that needs to be the tagline for the next movie. <laughs> That's the porn parody right there. Batman hard on for vengeance. Or really, that could work for any Deadpool movie. Yeah, it really could. It'd work great. 
We won't get into the new Deadpool movie, though. That We'll talk about that when it comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. In May. <laughs> oh, man. So what problems did you have? Because we talked about all the things that we liked. Oh, and I have one more thing that I like. But tell me some problems that you had. I think it it drags a little bit in the middle, which is kind of expected. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think there's actually, I think after my favorite scene, which is this fight on top of a blimp, which I thought was really cool. The, the blimp also reminded me of Batman the Animated Series and the fight scene there was really cool. That happened. And there's like, like 40 minutes of movie left, but that felt like a very climactic fight scene. So it kind of dips there until you get to the twist toward the end too. For me, I think my biggest problem actually is kind of what you were just talking about. It's the fact that the fighting is so staged in this animated film. Like it's just, <laughs> it's clearly not realistic. Obviously, there's stunt doubles. Actually, it's not the real Batman. My biggest problems was when they were fighting on the blimp. The police officers were on the ground firing pistols like up at this blimp. <laughs> <laughs> and like this wasn't even like modern pistols, which would still be like wildly inaccurate from like that distance. Oh yeah, <laughs> but it was like not quite blunderbusses, but you know, halfway in between. <laughs> I love that part where they're just like, "Oh, those guys up there, <laughs> let's just shoot them yeah. out of the sky." Oh, they're fighting on a giant bomb that a bullet can uh, ignite and have raining death upon the city we sworn to protect. I actually did have a, a huge problem with that because I wasn't so much worried about the bomb blowing up in the sky, but the balloon catching fire and then yeah. lighting down all the buildings <laughs> underneath it. Detective Gordon, we got Batman, but uh, <laughs> bad news. Thousands are dead. <laughs> oh, shit. How are we going to cover this up in the papers? But, and really, I think my other problem, which we talked about too, was that we wish that uh, it borrowed more from McNola's art style. Yeah, that's really my only issue with it. Yeah. Um, let's get to the climactic ending because holy shit. I didn't see it coming, yeah. honestly, and I don't think I should have either. No, it was really well done. Yep. In this movie, even though like it's an animated film, it, it's really not for kids at all. No, they. I think they even say the word whore. They do. Um, I think they say, come on her face six or seven times. <laughs> that I don't recall. <laughs> I was, it must have been the DVD extras <laughs> I was watching. Did you have two videos playing at once? <laughs> I may or might not have had my pants off and was watching two things at once. So, Detective Gordon is Jack the Ripper. That's fucking cool as shit. It's interesting, too, because he is married as well. So, it's not like he's like this lonely guy or anything, too. Like, it prevents... You see him in the beginning being, like, a loving husband like that, too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then it turns out that he... Oh, my God. My favorite line is something that she said, and I can't remember it. I will get back to everybody... I need to go rewatch this. This is the quality level of research you can expect from Henchman of Comic. Yeah, I I don't do my research. I only I watch the goddamn film. <laughs> but it, it's revealed that she has this like huge abnormality on her face that basically he caused her. And then she says the most absurd line. And I honestly was laughing out loud, despite how serious in nature it was. Fuck, whatever. I don't care. We'll edit this out. <laughs> or, 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 or we won't. Who knows? Um, the fight, though, with James Gordon, Batman, on a Ferris wheel. I mean, that just screams party. And Ferris wheel that caught on fire. And it's cool, too, because I can't recall. <laughs> of course the Ferris wheel caught on fire. I can't recall Batman and James Gordon like getting in like physical altercation that Ever. was, no. I mean, as serious as that. That didn't involve like mind-altering drugs or 
Yeah. I mean, Scarecrow's talking like that, so. Yeah. I mean, James is definitely chased after Batman and shit, but. Yeah. They've never, like, fought. Yeah. Never been so diametrically opposed. Yeah. I thought the Ferris wheel fight was just so cliche. Because all of Batman's yeah. fights end up on it's that classic Ferris, Ferris wheel trope. Yeah, <laughs> I would say at least sixty Batman fights have ended up on Ferris wheels. So, where'd you rate this on a scale of one to ten? I'd probably get a, give it a seven and a half or so. Yeah, I'm right there around. I think I'm around like a seven right now. Uh, Sam Liu directed this, and he, I think he's been doing all of these animated films since uh, Justice League God's Monsters. So, and he's done pretty good work. Uh, I'd recommend it to really to any fan of Batman. I don't yeah. think it's the best starting point for God, no. a DC animated film. Ne- I mean, unless you- of course, like you just love like that time period, you love Jack the Ripper, yeah, then, cool. then sure. Jump on it. I mean, that was my first one and I, I thought it was dope. Um, my favorite part of it was when at the end of it, Batman slips out of some handcuffs that James Gordon, Jim Gordon put on himself and ba- on, and on Batman. So he could tether himself to him. Batman slips out of the cuffs uh, attaches it to the Ferris wheel, and instead of going down and being arrested, Commissioner Gordon just backs into the fire and lights himself <laughs> on fire. Yeah, that, awesome. Yeah, that is a way to go out right there. Yep. I think it kind of. I mean, it makes sense too because if you really think about it, Jack the Ripper can't be arrested and like put on trial or, yeah, or anything. Never. Not in this America. No, and the fact that he was taken down by Batman plays into like the mythology that like he was never caught because. Who's going to believe that a giant man dresses or giant man dresses a bat took down a serial killer? I thought one thing was really interesting in that last scene is that it's like a world's fair type of event. And then the whole thing catches on fire. And then he kind of goes away into the night on a slow carriage dressed as Batman. And then nobody's like looking out the window, checking out this gigantic fire and all but these huge explosions. Even if they are and they see that and they see Batman on a carriage, a horse on carriage. No one's going to think for a second. They're like, well, I, I, I'm just going back to bed. I don't even know how to handle this. <laughs> this is too much for me. I, I, I didn't see shit. I like it. It was cool. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this week's Henchman of Comics. As always, you can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Instagram for all the hilarious photos and captions. Uh, today we got a thumbs down from somebody on Instagram, <laughs> which I thought was amazing. Uh, yeah. For the Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Ashback. I'm on fire, Gordon. Henchman ain't easy.